and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, uh, we are at Hell in a Cell, and Undertaker has thrown mankind off of the damn steel cage. They killed him! They killed him! They broke that man in half! And what's it? What? We need, at this time, King, what we need is some medical assistance to the Spanish announce team. They are down as well. Mick Foley is down. He's not moving. The Spanish announce team is not moving. Somebody stop the damn match! Somebody stop the damn match right now! We got... Oh, wait. Mick Foley. Mick Foley. There's some movement. There's some spasms in his, his lower leg. Look at this! That's right, King. That's right, King. He's got a little spasm in his leg. And now he's twitching. Oh, my... Mick Foley is still alive, even though that 16-foot fall off of the steel cage and through the Spanish announce team table, knocking them out. Now, okay, he's trying to... Let's, let's see if we can get the microphone. He's trying to say something. Mike, Mike, have you taken your pill this morning? What? The, the pill. I'm sorry. I thought... Was it... Uh, isn't this Hell in a Cell from 1998 with Undertaker versus Mankind? No, Mike, this is Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Uh, you, you you came over here this afternoon. We had a lovely Chipotle lunch, dinner, whatever you wish to call it. Uh, I, you know, I, I think the guacamole finally got to you. What, I think what day is this? It, it's, it's, it's Tuesday, Mike. You know? Oh, my Chipotle, God. Chipotle, Taco Tuesday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nate. Um, you know what? I just I thought it was Wednesday. That's when I do my reenacting famous WWE commentator uh, podcast. That's a totally different thing, though. But well, how's your Thursday up. like? Thursday's free. Thursday's you free. Know, if I can't find anything good on Netflix, um, which I usually can't, um, yeah, no, Thursdays are free. Do you find yourself a browser like, you know, I I I, I might watch this later. Yeah. No, I, that's mostly what I do on Netflix. I'd say at this point it's about 90% browsing and 10% watching of the content. Mm. Um, and basically, when I want to watch a horror movie, it's just me browsing until I'm so tired that, okay, fine, I will watch Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth again, even though it's not very good. No, def- one and two, I think, are like perfect Hellraiser films like just the fact that the first one is so good and the second one they actually go to fucking hell like they go to fucking hell that's just like the ultimate wow I did not see that coming I love Hellraiser too. Hellbound Hellbound. that movie you know if they would shake things up like that more in slasher movies like the equivalent would be like if they made a Friday the 13th movie where Jason actually went into hell and so did like the final girl and they were there and then they like fought the ghost of Jason's mom and Jason turned back into a little kid and like they and became a good guy and like, you know, it's like crazy. Like, oh, like it's so unnecessarily. I really like Hellraiser too, but you said we were doing Tokyo SOS today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing yeah. Tokyo SOS. Really, actually, really, really, really good movie. I yeah. Mean, I liked it a yeah. lot. It's just, uh, so yeah, it's just me and you then. Yeah, All just, right. just, just um, us two. I guess we should we should get started, and it's, you know, I think it is a, a good, what? Oh my. Hey! What? What's up, guys? Chris? What's, uh, what's going on? Uh, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Beckett, yeah, yeah, come on in, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah? Get, you, could you close the door? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. um, okay. So, uh, you guys doing the podcast? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah we're, we're yeah. doing the Tokyo SOS podcast. I didn't. Okay, so you, so you're back, I guess, sir. Yeah. Are you? Um, I, I mean, I 
thought you guys would have me back. No, yeah. I mean, I thought no, yeah. It's the sequel. It is know? a sequel. Yeah. So, so this is like the sequel to last week's podcast. Then. Yeah, but better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Leaner. Uh, Leaner. Uncut. Right. So I can sit down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, no, wait, uh, I think. Let me pull up a chair. Yeah. And, uh... Okay, man, yeah, yeah. you're back. Yes, there we go. And just like this movie, there are uh, three active monsters. Agree. I made you promise that you wouldn't call me a monster anymore. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Sigger. <laughs> so... Oh, Brian, we're holding out hope for you, buddy. Everyone go out and support Mr. Singer when uh, when X-Men comes out at the end of this month or next month. Hey, look, the fucking jury's still out on that deal. I mean, that's okay. There's another movie coming out in, in the middle of May, which is going to annihilate mm. all competition for at least a two-month circumference around it, um, including, I guess, you know, April and March then by that math. But somehow... By then, Godzilla will have come out. Yeah, out the closet. And, uh, and learn to be comfortable with his self. I, I heard something today that um, all of Akira Takarada's scenes have been cut out of the Godzilla 2014. All? All, everything. Everything? Yeah. Why? And I'm not happy about that. Yeah. I'm, I like... I kind of want to jump out that window. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like... about not seeing it now. I'm so upset. But uh, at least Bono is still executive producer. Yes. Yatsumito Bono from uh, the uh, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster is an executive producer on 2014 Godzilla. We, we can surmise, Chris, that this happened because the producers or the Hollywood people were just didn't see Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. And they were just like, oh, he worked on one of them. Get him to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. This may just end up being a success. Yeah. Hopefully. 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 I yeah. guess I'll still see it. I mean, Hollywood, as we know, has a good reputation for, uh, you know, making movies. They they do. They, they can't screw up. <laughs> they can't. I like to think of Hollywood not as a place that makes movies so much as a place that makes movies that then can have terrible tie-in video games produced from them. Mm, yeah. So like the Iron Man 2 video game yeah. for, for PlayStation. Or the Schindler's 2. List game for exactly. Super NES. That was... Uh, Super Schindler's List! Yeah, Super Schindler's List. That was... Uh, that was... You get to play the little the girl in the red dress. Oh, no. Jesus. I can't. Hey, we she's cannot. Jewish. She, she, she oh, so yeah. yeah. So just, oh God. We can't. <laughs> All right. I feel as though we've lost our way. We've got to get back on track. Just like Godzilla. The... Actually, but uh, I think Unlike Us, Tokyo SOS uh, is well put together. Uh, maybe a little rushed, but uh, overall an enjoyable experience. I have no regrets re-watching it. Re-watching there we it. go. That's a word. Yes. Uh, re-watching it. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's got some nice things. Got a. Uh, I, I noticed the film stock seemed a lot grainier than the last one. The last one seemed a lot sleeker. This one was using like I don't know if it was just the print they used for the DVD, but it just seemed a little grainier. Like not in a bad way. It's just like I noticed the grain more. I didn't. 
No, and that I literally You're a projectionist. <laughs> I know that's awful. That's yeah, it is. I, I saw no uh, image degradation of any kind betwixt the two films. Mm. Oh. But uh, yeah, like exciting opening. Very little bo- bullshit on the background story. Just like, oh yeah, that's Hugh. Remember your backstory? Uh huh. Okay. Now the plot can continue. I like the plot a lot. It's very simple. Yeah. There's really only two parts to it. It's just like the preamble and then the fight. And the yeah. fight goes on for like the second half of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, is uh And the stakes nice. keep appropriately raising. Like just when you think like, oh, and then some boring dialogue's going to come. No, no boring dialogue. More action. Yeah. Like better action. Bigger yeah. and better action. One of the better Millennium movies and probably in the top 15... Top ten, maybe even best Godzilla movies ever made. I know that's pretty. It's a pretty big compliment, but yeah. it's. I mean, it's better than average, definitely. But was it better than the last? The last. And that's the question. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say no. 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 Yeah. I gotta say no, just because, you know, the this one really does seem like a true sequel to Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, where it's like, um. That one was a lot better than I think anyone thought it was going to be. Yeah. And made more money than anyone thought it was going to. And so they were just like, oh, well, we need to make not only another Godzilla movie, but we need to make a sequel to Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Like, we've got this Kiru. Everyone, you know, really thinks this is a cool new monster or, you know, new take on Mechagodzilla or whatever. Let's continue that story. And um seems to be like it was thrown together like uh, Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster was right. right off the back of Mothra versus Godzilla. It's right. like, hey, we made some extra money. Let's make another one, add a new monster. Right. And, yeah. you know. It, it really, yeah. it, it seems a lot like that. That's, I think that's a good analogy where it's like just the same one, same movie again, plus another extremely bankable monster. I think Mothra might have the most appearances of any other monster other than Godzilla in the whole series. Um, I could be wrong about it. I think it's like Mothra's got eight, I think you're right. eight yeah. films. I think Ghidra would have to be right next to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And uh, Mothra looks better in this than yeah. she has since at least Godzilla versus the sea monster, if not Mothra versus Godzilla proper. Mm. You know, the full moth form of it. Yeah. And, you know, unlike the last one, which I uh, felt was kind of to uh, a Crombie and Finch. This one has, like, a lot more curves. And, uh, you know, I, I like a curvy Mothra. Yeah, plus yeah. it's like, as Those the movie goes don't on... Lie. As the movie goes on, Mothra gets, like, like a 11 o'clock shadow. Like, it keeps getting furrier somehow. Yeah. It starts to look like Duck Dynasty Mothra <laughs> or something. It's just like... That part was sort of weird. Like, the more it uses its scales, it gets, like... Look, looks like it has, like, moss growing on it or something. That... that Anyways, I don't know. But was she really necessary to the film? You know, you bring up a good point, and I think we should we should talk about that when we go over the plot point by point. But yes. just off, like I, Mothra's involvement is totally unnecessary in this yeah. plot. <laughs> it makes no sense. But let's let let's uh, go over well, like who made this movie and what we're talking yes. about. All right. Well, the uh, previous, the director of the previous film, Mr. Uh, Masakai uh, Tezuka, uh, who who directed uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, also the director of Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. Right. He um, 
which uh, explored many of the themes and story structures that would later be more appropriately utilized in this movie and the next. Um, the first one kind of deals with the fact that Mechagodzilla is uh, a cyborg. It is made of the bones of the previous dead Godzilla. And there is this connection, yep. you know, uh, some might say unholy connection. Um, and that's the monster side, whereas the main character is, uh, you know, accidentally causes the death of uh, crewmates, and she must overcome her guilt uh, to defeat Godzilla. Tokyo SOS, however, elaborates on these themes even further. That uh, they decide to add Mothra to this to, uh, <laughs> I guess, push in the point of man versus machine, man's abomination, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, uh, I believe it did decent at the box office. $12 million. $12 million? Not too bad. Certainly better than, you know, the days of $1 million or less than a million dollars in the 70s when it was, you know, basically grindhouse fare. Oh, yeah. They once prestigious series that had fallen on hard times. Yeah. But um, it's starting to run out of steam financially. Yeah. Um, I think it was a shock when Godzilla 2000 came out and made as much money as it did. And, uh, you know, they were trying to bring out one movie a year. But after this film came out, and, you know, they put a lot of money into it. And it made, a, again, $12 million. It was clear that things were starting to run out of steam again, and they knew that maybe this wasn't going to be the last one, and indeed it was not. Uh, there was one sort of final war to fight, as that, as far as that is concerned. Hint. Hint, hint. But uh, this film, you, you do feel like there's, there is sort of a feeling of closure from the Millennium series proper. Yeah. Because the next film in the series sort of seems as though it takes place in its own self-contained, crazy timeline that has really nothing to do with the Millennium series. Yeah. Even. Um, so this is this is almost like the last film in the Millennium series, basically. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, again, fairly enjoyable, but... Uh, I, I think it shows what dedication can do. Because with the original Showa series, it was definitely a factory system. After the 80s, uh, the companies that make movies uh, were no longer running on the same factory system. It, it's more synergy. It's more... We're, we're making a, an item of profit. you know. And while money has always been the case for the motion pictures, there was a little more concern over the craftsmanship of these films. Uh, and the fact that the people who made the films were trained by other people who made films with this knowledge that, and then you're going to be the next generation. And then that generation would teach the next, you know, and so on and so on. So, uh, after, you know, the eighties, that mentality died out and there wasn't a lot of new blood to take over. And which is probably why the high size series lacks in the same charisma that, we felt, you know, all throughout the Showa series, even the bad ones had sort of a, we're testing the waters. We're going to try something new, 
even if it's batshit crazy. Don't really take those type of risks in the 90s. Uh, Kurosawa, in an interview um, right around the time of Mr. Honda's death, said that the biggest problem is that young people were not interested in the movie business anymore because there's no money in it. You know, be a novelist, be a manga writer. But, you know, the movies were, you know, stagnant. Uh, And you can definitely start to feel it. But in the Millennium series, they kind of bring it back. It's not the same. It's not the same factory. Hey, you're good at writing. All right, we're we're, going to we're going to make a whole bunch of monster movies. We're going to have like five every year. You know, it's not quite there, but we feel like it's almost there. The momentum is building, you know, and they, they do the most important thing. And that is take risks. That's what made the movies, you know, American movies of the 70s so great. Is that, you know, they gave a bunch of money to a bunch of kids and said, make us more money. And they did. You guys were saying that the film was rushed. And you do see that. Now, like, when exactly did this film come out? About a year after 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 this one. It was uh, December 13th, 2003. About a year after the previous one. Um... Which is amazing, because I rarely do sequels anymore come out exactly a year yeah. after. Um, it's not as rushed as Ghidorah, where that was done within the exact same year. Right. Uh, and that is very obvious, but at the same time, they still made it work. Um, this takes a little more time, but it, it is very clear, again, that you know they had to cut corners, they had to get rid of characters because that arc, you know, can't go any further, yeah. you know, so that's why we have characters appearing and then just not, we, we don't see them again. Right. <laughs> um, and it feels like if the end of this does feel organic and it feels like we can't take this story any further without making it, like having to go into outer space yeah. yet or whatever. <laughs> you know? So it does, it does feel like sort of an organic ending. Um, and and for that, I'm I'm thankful. It doesn't yeah. involve Godzilla doing a victory dance at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think about the suit, though? That uh, was good. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really like some of the shots. It made it look really rubber. I can oh, see what the, you mean. The like, suit. Yeah. Well, oh, like yeah like, the Godzilla suit. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Cuba. Sorry. Uh You know, I'm not a very big fan of the Millennium design yeah. of the suit. Because the spikes are a bit too big. They, they went a little crazy with the size of the spikes. And his face he looks too much like... I don't know. Something. It's like it was so... The, the mathematical imperfections of the earlier suits appealed to me a lot. Like the Mothra versus Godzilla suit mm-hmm. was good. Because it was ugly. And it wasn't... You know, it didn't have. It wasn't sleek, and it didn't have all these little finely detailed scales yeah, and all the little yeah. rows and all this. And he just looked ugly and upset, <laughs> and like, you know, there was like a piece of his mouth missing or whatever. You know, it was just like whatever. This one, he just he looks like like a cat or something, or not like a cat because that was like the high size series. But he looks, I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad design per se, and it's way better than like. Godzilla versus Megalon, where he does look like Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I I definitely prefer, like, the, the look from uh, Godzilla 
Mothra, King Ghidra, giant monsters all attack. Yeah, I would have thought they would have used that All out attack. Yeah. That, that was a really cool suit. I love the idea of Godzilla's eyes just being pure white. Yeah. And, like, not having irises at all. Like, he's, like, a demon or something. And just making him, again, mean. <laughs> mean look at, you know. You almost expect Quint to come out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we won't have to worry about that because this was the last time we saw the Millennium suit. And they had a whole new suit for Final Wars. And a whole bunch of new suits for that movie. I think some of it is still the backlash of 98. Mm. You know, with 98, you have a a thinner Godzilla, almost raptor-like Godzilla. And I think they were still trying to find a way to appeal to, like, a younger audience that wants things faster. But at the same time, maintain the weight and, you know, presence of the original yeah. I, uh, overall, the design, whatever, you know, whatever nitpicks I have about the actual design of Godzilla, I think the Mecha Godzilla suit is really cool. And I think they nailed it. I think it's the best that the monster ever looked, is this third design. Hmm. Um, also, I like it when he gets one of his eyes destroyed. Yeah, yeah, just yeah one-eyed. definitely, yeah. That was cool. And again, yeah, Mothra looks really good and really like that classic the size is correct the weight is basically correct the the mothra it's it's puppets yeah you know that these are actual puppets like you know the cgi is very little i think they learned from uh, gmk that you know too much cg especially the cg that on their budget is not good like practical Almost all the way. And so I think that helps to enhance uh, the battle scene and just, you know, keep it interesting and just keep it fun. Yeah. Just mention that the title SOS um, does not mean save our ship, which I thought for the last 32 years that's what that meant. <laughs> oh, I, th- I guess I- it means Sierra, Oscar, Sierra or something. Yeah, I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it had to do with ABBA. Abba. Yeah, I thought Abba was gonna like come out in the middle of this. Uh, oh, Nate, and sing <laughs> the, the Swedish version. Knowing me, knowing you, uh-huh. <laughs> there ain't nothing we can do. SOS. <laughs> The film begins with um, the Toho logo, and then also it rapidly introduces about eight locations, of which one or two actually have importance to the scene. So that was a little confusing. Um, not sure why we needed to see the. Uh, they just go. I guess that was Infant Island mm-hmm. that they flashed you for like a second. Uh, like some palm trees are like blowing there's some wind or something i thought for a minute they might be setting up some like butterfly effect stuff where it's like oh some guy in you know kobe eats a pancake and then over here in some military base someone spills their coffee and then over here someone like yawns and like they go to 15 different places basically it doesn't matter the opening of the movie is a dogfight between two fighter jets and this 
interesting thing that's kind of hiding underneath the clouds. Uh, it looks almost like a shark of the sky. Like this As is opposed before, to chicken of the sea. This is before Sharknado by several years. <laughs> so, and then it is revealed that it is in fact Mothra that these two planes are chasing. Which and, uh, uh, I, I do like Mothra's introduction to in, in, into this movie right off the bat because one of my biggest complaints in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 is that when Rodan is introduced, it's in a wide shot. There's like no tension. It's just this, you know, <laughs> fr- Flintstonian thing just flies up in this wide shot, like, yeah. and then just like sits there. It's yeah. just like there's no tension, no like point of view shot of it like approaching, no suspense, you know, no it's mystery, just like, you know. no fanfare, nothing. It's like you caught Rodan coming out of the shower. It's just like this <laughs> destroys Eddie. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Again, the high size series fails. Like, th- uh, this was like, we don't know what it is. We're pretty sure we know what it is as Godzilla fans, but, you know, right. it, the tension is there. Also, this is the fastest that Mothra has ever flown. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Mothra, it, like, it could be Rodan at the speed that it's flying. I mean, it's like the jets are having a hard time keeping up with it. And Mothra isn't typically known for its speed, but more so its, like, wind-making capacity. So that was an interesting um, aspect to to that character that we had not seen before. So that was neat. Yeah, this whole opening sequence, one of the highlights of the film, definitely. Um, it goes into the, the opening titles, Godzilla Tokyo SOS, and the O has been cleverly replaced in both the Japanese titles and the American titles by the Mothra symbol, mm. which of course we may remember from the original Mothra film, which is what uh, Grandpa from this film used to, he painted the runway at the airport with the Mothra symbol, thusly calling off Mothra's attack on Rolissica, and, uh, you know, ending that film in a... However peaceful manner they could muster at that point, (laughs) minimizing as much property damage as possible. I mean, she she had already destroyed the Relisican Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, but uh, that's fine. All Um, all those poor Greek diners. Yeah, (laughs) you know Nelson was dead, so it was okay. Um, I do like the fact that the grandpa does mention Nelson. You know, he doesn't say it was Nelson, but yeah. he mentions that it was um, thugs, a thug, like villains (laughs) um, in the in the dub. So, anyways. But, yeah. So, uh, Tokyo SOS, and then some other things happen. Well, we're, we're introduced to our, our main character, uh, Chujo, uh, who is uh, a, a mechanic. He's a mechanic, and we're introduced to his character because he's putting together a model plane, and he talks about, you know, he basically is introducing him to himself by in- introducing his past to his... Yes. And it's, it's it's February. It's very specific. Yeah. It's like February seventh <laughs> or something. Yeah. So and, and like, it's like eight months. Yeah, pa- eight months have passed since. And it gives uh, it. It's three. like seven forty eight p.m. Yeah. Like it gives the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. This many. Very specific. I don't. Uh, not necessary, but that's fine. Well, we find out uh, very uh, <laughs> rushed that they are indeed the uh, what grandson and great-nephew of uh, Hiroshi Kazume, who uh, is Dr. Mura. He actually has, like, several names because the movies have very little continuity. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, from Mothra. From Mothra, original. yeah. So, uh... Now, this actor is also uh, the main character in Godzilla Raids again. 
Yes, uh, which we'll forget. But, I mean, he had a long career as a character actor. He was in Adaragon as well as, uh, more famously, Mothra vs. Godzilla and Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. Playing um, the same character there. Yes. So this is interesting. This char- this actor has been in four different Toho films playing the same actor twice. I think that's more yeah. than almost any other actor. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, Even though, according to this film's logic... Everything that happened after Mothra didn't happen. Didn't happen. Except for, like, the Gargantian films right. and Space Amoeba. Space so Amoeba, that hey, yeah. happened. But the other Godzilla films did not happen. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, it, it's nice to see him back on the big screen. Uh, mm-hmm. He looked, I don't know, kind of plasticky. Something about the way his, yeah, fa- I, I his hair makeup, yeah. looked he bad. Just, he, he didn't look... Real. Yeah. He, he looked kind of cartoonish. And he uh, runs like Elaine... Dennis from Seinfeld. He, he runs like a gorilla. Like his, his arms hang down to the side. You, are you saying they hang low and wobble to and fro? That, that's oh not even a sentence. Oh my fro. god. Afro. Uh, call the police. Anyways. Uh, yeah, that's no. So something looked, he looked like he was in bad health. He yeah. looked like he was about to die. Even though he was happy, he's like constantly, maybe Botox. I'm going to yeah. say it right now. He was on Botox. He seemed like he was in Star of Late Chrysanthemums, 1954's Late Chrysanthemums, was on Botox. That's... Also, he was in uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, the original, as a guy who like held the gun up to oh, like, yeah. when the two guys were <laughs> fighting over the uh, King Caesar statue just like, uh, and, and refused to do anything about it and then let the bad guy escape. Yeah. So he's been in a lot of uh, sort of key Godzilla films. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to see him back. It was even nicer to see him come back as the same character from Mothra. Yeah. And actually, like, when the fairies show up, because there's a little earthquake or whatever, the fairies come out and they're like, hello. And he's like, oh, some old acquaintances of mine. Like, it's always refreshing when the characters remember something that actually happened in one of the previous yeah. movies. Yeah. And so like, completely forget Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know? it's like, and when Mothra does show up in this movie, people are like, oh, it's Mothra. Yeah. Like they fuck, they remember, yeah. you know, and, and that's almost, great. I love that. Yeah. And almost in an odd way that this is in this film is Mothra versus Godzilla because many of the shots are reproduced quite cleverly um, in this film. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So like Mothra's introduction is near matching the one in Mothra versus Godzilla where it's on a hill and it's just like, oh yeah, look over there. <gasps> Holy shit, it's yeah. Mothra. And you get you get the chance to see the same scene uh executed with almost the same editing. You know, it's it's cut the same way yeah. too. And really the only thing that's that's switched is the music. Mm-hmm. Now the the music for this film was done by the same gentleman who did the music for uh Megagaris and against Mechagodzilla, mm-hmm. so I think this is his third outing the series, and it's not, for that scene, when Mothra is revealed, it's not nearly as effective or cool as, as it was in Mothra versus Godzilla, because yeah. Fukube came in with that horrendous, horrifying, like, yeah. like something. Yeah, well, there was power trombone. to it. It, it was it's like something. you were scared. Yeah, but you were scared. Enticed. It was just yeah. like, holy shit! What, what the fuck is that? <laughs> right, right. It's like one of like two times a monster's ever actually been scary in a Godzilla. Movie, yeah, you know. Um, 
so yeah, that's different and, and not a, not as effective. And sometimes you can't go home again. Yeah, you, you can't recreate something exactly the same the way it was before. But sort of the case with the whole movie, where yeah. it's like yeah, after it's Mothra a, blows up, it can't go back home. Yeah, again. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's 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 a great try, and it's a pretty good movie. But um, anyways, so we're introduced to Mothra. Uh, and the fairies explain that, uh, by the way, <laughs> that uh, Kiru thing your, your nephew's working on, it's kind of an abomination to nature, God, and whoever we pray to besides Mothra. I mean, it, it just, you know, it, it needs to get, get rid of it, but we'll make you a deal. Mothra will never blow up your city again. In fact, it'll protect you from Godzilla uh, if you get rid of Kiru. Uh, you know. Kind of sounds like something from a mob movie. Yeah, or a bad episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> like, I have a huge problem with the fairies interfering like this. Yeah. But that's... You're supposed to be mad. That's how the plot works. Oh, but then what, we what forget, on the other side, that if you don't, then Mothra's going to declare war yeah. on humanity. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, who are you <laughs> to be making these deals with us like you're going to destroy us if we don't give up the only defense system that has a standing chance of defeating Godzilla oh but you're going to protect us didn't which you, you didn't before exactly like didn't you just uh you were just against us uh, a while ago i remember it's like, well, no, yeah, well, no. like where were you they like were. last year when all this shit was happening exactly, like when yeah. Godzilla was attacking initially i remember or even Mothra in 1999 first Came because man had threrned because the inches, not the six inches. Not man, uh, Nelson. Nelson, yes. <laughs> because fucking Nelson uh, kidnapped those girls to put them on display in a freak show. Yes. And so they had to destroy to- Tokyo, yeah. which we do see the extent that, that Mothra destroyed Tokyo in this film. Yeah. And it's quite drastic. I mean, you don't even really get the impression in the actual film Mothra that the damage is this extensive. Yeah. You think, oh, okay, well, a couple of ambulances are thrown about and that one water pipe is dislodged and then she takes off and uh, completely levels Rolisica. Yeah. Um, actually, it's I think it's like Coast City. Rolisica is the country. Coast City is, is this... Whatever. Uh, San, Franci- say, San Francisco. It's fucking yeah. San Francisco <laughs> from 1961, okay? But the grandfather shows the kid the photographs of what Mothra did, and it looks like a nuclear bomb has been dropped on Tokyo. So, you know, if I'm the Japanese at this point, I'm thinking definitely keep around Kiru, not only to fight Godzilla, but now definitely make sure you destroy Mothra as well. That yeah. thing's insane. That thing's a menace. Yeah, like, you're going to make threats to us. Why don't we just use what we created to destroy you two? Yeah, like, the, I think... Yeah, but you see, you guys are thinking like typical humans do in no, these well, movies. No, because Look, you, those you fairies have gotten it. way out of hand. First of all, is anyone even on Infant Island anymore? Because if they are, we did see them. All we see in this movie are the fairies, the egg... The Mothra twins and the fully grown Mothra. There's yeah. no and, other and people left on Infant Island. And I think the fairies are ghosts. This is some freaky <laughs> shit. They should just drop a nuclear bomb on Infant Island and get it over with. You and know? then create another monster? No. 
Wipe him out. No, I it's going to create another monster. That's how. That's what happens. No, just hit him with the absolute zero gun. Fix it and fucking do which it. Which will create another monster. No, you, you have, shoot, shoot you, it with Dimension Tide. Get, like, which will create another monster. No, you, no, you, you, you don't you, understand. You, no, I Those do fairies, understand. You they don't have nothing. Understand how these movies they have nothing to do with this. Everything this is not their fight. This has nothing will create to do another with monster. No, this is not Dimension their fight. Tide, monster. This is not their fight. Infinite Island monster. <laughs> you don't understand. Mantengo, monster. Why are you siding with the fairies on this one? This is not their fight. They have nothing to do... This has nothing to do with Infant Island. This has nothing to do with Mothra. They are just throwing their cap into this. They're just getting in other people's faces for no reason at all. I'm just saying... I'm saying they're wrong. I am saying they're wrong. I'm saying to order Japan to disarm with Kiru, albeit it is basically a cyborg, but what the fuck do they care about the bones from the original Godzilla? It's it, none of their business. And, by the way, diplomacy. Godzilla is still coming and destroying Japan and murdering thousands of people. What about yeah. their bones, huh? Well, when are they going to go to rest or whatever? All those people that he's slaughtering and killing and destroying all these buildings and you're saying that the, Japan has to be defenseless against this? Fuck you, fairies. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, you see, Mike? Mike? <laughs> Nothing, I am pissed. Nothing <laughs> the human characters can do in these films will help. I know! They're just forced to be impotent. You know? They Basi- can't defend themselves. That's the lesson. Every time they try to defend themselves, someone's like, oh, well, we shouldn't defend ourselves because that would be an affront to nature. Fuck you! Then what, we're supposed to just sit down, lay down, have Godzilla just come in whenever he wants and destroy everything? Basically, yes. I mean, th- th- that's lame! That's a bad lesson. That's a bad moral. That's the wrong moral. Okay? Wrong moral. That's way too zen for a monster movie. But you're talking about a country that the reason why these monsters exist, for example, you you are aware of the phrase kamikaze. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the phrase derives from the fact that when the Mongols attempted to invade Japan and they basically believed, well, we're going to fight to the last man, but we're probably also all going to die. Uh, The Mongol fleet was sunk by a typhoon. So basically, Japan's only true... Defense is nature. But see, what Mothra... See, here's my problem. You're saying that we as human beings cannot create something to defend ourselves. That we have put ourselves in the position of, I guess, gods and that we're creating something godlike. But this is the only thing that we have. There is nothing else. So now you're saying, put that down. Mothra is going to defend us. Yes. Well, who the hell is... Like, who is Mothra? Like, how is she going to defend Godzilla? I mean, how is she going to defend humanity against Godzilla? It's trust. Hmm. That, 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 that's how this goes. I'm not saying it doesn't sound weird or gunboat... Tactic, uh, gunboat diplomacy-esque. In fact, this is gunboat diplomacy. This is how the British took control of Hong Kong. It's... Uh, this is Infant Island yeah. <laughs> uh, fairies for truth. Yeah. So, I'm not saying it's not wrong. I'm not saying it's not fucked up. But basically, the lesson of all these movies is uh, that whatever man creates... Or whatever big weapon man creates will cause more problems down the line. Which is why, in 1954, in the first Godzilla movie, Sarazawa kills himself. So that way, never again. So that's the overall motif throughout these films, uh, except for the high-size series, but we'll, we'll forget about that. So 
You're quite right. You're you're both quite right. It is fucked up. But (laughs) the overall motif of nature will take care of us. Nature will find a way. It's also a motif of Jurassic Park. Hmm. Life finds a way. Yeah. If I can build it, I'm going to build it. Yeah. Yeah. But at what cost? I mean... Think like, of the taxpayers. The, <laughs> I, I will agree, like, the strategy of of Mechagodzilla in general is stupid. Just because it's like, if you're going to build something to fight Godzilla, have it be bigger than him, physically. Mm. They they always build him to have it so, it's, it's a, so that it's a fair fight. Yeah. Have it be, like, five times bigger than him. You know, have him just be, like, a giant claw or like a grappling thing that'll just crunch on them and then shoot them off in a rocket and blow them up you know don't don't have it be like a don't turn it into a mono imano fight where godzilla actually has a fair chance you know mm. uh, and if you're gonna do that don't have its main processing computer be in its head have yeah. it because godzilla <laughs> is an animal and he when he sees the eyes he understands that there may be some sort of intelligence there and he'll know that's where to strike make the brains in like the shin the or so because it's not an animal it's a robot so you can have the central processing system anywhere you know so like there's a couple of, of problems there but like overall i still think it's a good idea that japan is at least trying to defend itself well you see but you see the the what you both brought up is important to the plot because it shows how hard it is for man to give up these things yes you see you see and it and 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 and, and the fact (laughs) is why they don't is for the exact same reasons you both brought up you know how can we trust mothra you know we want to but look at the past Kiru is here now. We'd rather not have Kiru, but this is all we have. Hmm. So you see? Yeah. All right, you got a point. And that noise is the ball dropping because we just argued for 10 minutes uh, that I had not allotted for. So basically what's happening now is we're cutting this episode in half. It's a two-parter. This thing just got upgraded. You know, we hadn't counted on uh, arguing for 10 minutes, nor had we, you know, banked on uh, Christoph Bacon's controversial return uh, appearance, you know. So now everything's changed. The game is changing here. And, uh, oh, Rebecca, you going to work? Potentially, why? Okay. I'm just doing a voiceover for the show because it's a two-parter. Hi, show. That's Rebecca in the background. Anyways, so keep posted. We're going to have the second half of the episode up tomorrow. So uh, until then, food for thought. Was Japan wrong for making Kiru? Hmm, you decide.